Welcome to Toddler Toolkit Podcast, the ultimate parenting guide tailored for the unique challenges of raising twins, multiple kids, or little ones close in age. Hi, I'm Heather, master's in education and proud twin mama of busy toddlers. You might have tried advice tailored for one child, but that's not our journey, right? With a decade of teaching experience under my belt, I've seen it all from toddlers to teenagers in the classroom. Now, as a parent to two toddlers, I'm experiencing the flip side of the coin. So whether you have two under two or just looking for tips that work in tandem, you're in the right place. Let's unlock the secrets to understanding toddler behavior, preventing meltdowns, and raising intuitive, resilient children who listen in two seconds. Hello, everybody. Today, I am talking to you guys about when your toddler either wants or doesn't want something, and then they're having a meltdown. Sometimes we get caught in these different scenarios with our toddler. So one of the examples is when our toddler says no after asking for something. So they're asking for whatever it is, and then they may have a tantrum when you give it to them. That is just baffling behavior. So why do they do that? The other thing is our toddlers can get stuck in a yes-no loop. So they go between the two. What do we do when they're stuck in that loop? And what does that even mean? Sometimes toddlers want a certain adult and maybe a preferred adult, and they get upset because it didn't meet their expectations and we have to deal with a meltdown or resistance. Lastly, sometimes our toddlers get upset because they can't have something that they want. And I did a poll earlier and that was the number one thing that most of you guys said was an issue. I think I did that poll on my Instagram account. So yeah, that was a major issue. So we're going to cover all of those topics today. All right. So I'm going to give some examples of when a toddler says no after wanting something. So here's a scenario where they ask for a snack. Let's say they ask for apple slices and when they're offered, they're refusing to eat it. They're pushing it away and maybe even getting upset about it or having a tantrum. Another scenario could be like with a toy. So maybe they really wanted a certain toy and once that they get it, they don't want the toy anymore even though they were so upset about wanting the toy, then once they got it, they were like, I don't want this toy. And that can be really confusing too. So I'm going to talk about the yes, no loop. And a lot of the content and information we're going to get into there answers some of these saying no after wanting something because they actually are very closely tied. Saying no after wanting something and the yes, no loop. So if your toddler gets stuck in a yes-no loop, maybe it's like the same scenario where they asked for a, a cup of milk, right? They wanted it. And then when you give it to them, they say no. But when you take it away, this is the difference. When you take it away, they want it back. So they're grabbing for it when you're taking it away and they don't want it when you're giving it to them. Sometimes. This can lead to tantrums and meltdown. 
And I think that this is mainly because they can't say what they really need. So sometimes these things show up and manifest in a yes-no loop. So if you're noticing a yes-no loop, it could be because your toddler doesn't really know what they're asking for or how to say it. They maybe know what they want, but they can't say it. Or maybe also they don't know what they want and they're struggling. So this is why teaching communication skills is so important. And we can teach targeted communication skills like replacement words. So instead of a meltdown saying, no thanks, take it, no, don't want it, that can be very helpful if that is an issue you have with your toddler. All behavior is a form of communication, even a yes-no loop. Your toddler is trying to tell you something, even if it's throwing, biting, hitting, or meltdowns. All behavior is a form of communication. It's just that as the parents with so much on our plate, we might not know what they're trying to tell us, and it can be very frustrating for us as well because we are trying to take care of everything at the same time, like the house, toddlers, (laughs) and work, motherhood. So it is a lot. And so if we look at what is going on with your toddler and we look at the underlying emotions, sometimes the request for water isn't just about thirst. It's a way for them to express that they need a certain comfort or maybe they need attention. And once the immediate need is addressed, sometimes that's when the underlying emotions come out. So the tiredness, the frustration, the overwhelm, and they can bubble to the surface and result in a meltdown as well. So those are the underlying emotions. They just came to the surface. So when they ask you for something, then it all came out. And we process stressful things later. If we go through a stressful event, a lot of the times the underlying emotions stay dormant until we relax and then we realize we had been through a lot. So this can happen for our children, especially toddlers as well. So what do we do when our toddlers are struggling with underlying emotions and they're not communicating? We can give emotional support, model self-regulation skills. We also can give limited choices if we are trying to limit stress. And another thing is to reduce difficult tasks. So if your toddler is really struggling, maybe they just had a yes-no loop situation where they're getting really hyper-focused and upset about something, This isn't the time to have high expectations for them to do something. Even a newly learned skill might not be the best idea at that moment. Like if they just learned to do their clothes and their shoes more on the independent side, but you know that they are having underlying emotions, maybe got stuck in a yes-no loop. This could be a time to consider giving them more support than normal And even this doesn't just go for new learned skills, but this could go for a skill that your toddler has had for a while, could also become a struggle in the scenario as well. 
So to keep that in mind, reduce difficult tasks when possible. So if your toddler is having a difficult day and they're refusing to put their shoes on and you need to get them in the car to go to daycare or preschool or wherever you're going, that might be the time where it's not worth that battle and to just put their shoes on when they get in the car. So it's up to your parental discretion, but I do want to give us a, a frame of mind here. So we have bad days and when we have bad days, we might want to do certain things, like we might not want to do some things, right? We might want to take things off our plate. And we sometimes can do that as adults. Maybe we're just going to wear sweatpants today. Maybe we're just going to do the mom bun hair. <laughs> Maybe we're just going to do an easy dinner and uh, or order out, right? We have like a hard day. We're like, we're doing this easy because I had a stressful day. But our toddlers might not always get that from us, meaning we might be expecting our toddlers to not have those days and to always act accordingly. So this ties into a compassionate piece, just like sometimes we need things off our plate, our toddlers do too as well. They just can't communicate it the same way that we can. And they also don't have the mental capacity to have that problem solving to be able to say or do something like that. So this is where the communication piece also comes in. So communication struggles. Toddlers are still mastering a lot of language and communication skills, and they might ask for something and realize it wasn't actually what they wanted or what they needed. So this discrepancy can be very frustrating for them and can lead to a meltdown. So maybe, like we said, they asked for something they didn't want. They're upset. They're stuck in a loop. It's not really what they wanted. So in some cases, teaching targeted communication is highly important. So if your toddler is screaming every time they want or need something, that is where we can teach replacement behavior and targeted communication. It depends on your toddler and what their needs are. But if your toddler is screaming every time they're upset, then we do need a replacement behavior. Now, when they are upset and in meltdown, that is not the time to address the behavior. Our toddlers also may have a desire for independence. So your toddler might be at a stage where they're asserting their independence. They want to do things on their own. And maybe they wanted to hold the cup. Maybe they wanted to pour the milk, okay? Maybe they wanted to get the snack out themselves. Maybe they wanted to get the snack out of the box. Or maybe they wanted to help prepare the snack, getting the fruit, cutting the vegetables, whatever it is, right? So they could be frustrated because they didn't get to exercise their independence and they saw themselves being a part of it. This is where it's important to offer choices. So you, if your toddler is having a very taxing day, you can offer simple choices. They could decide between two different colored cups instead of just giving them the cup, right? Anytime you can exercise independence, it's always a great thing. They can decide between the snacks. 
that gives them a sense of control and agency. And encouraging their self-help skills. And the more things they're able to do independently, like washing their hands, being able to get their clothes, being able to help set up the table, whatever it is that helps them feel more independent and a part of the tribe. Also creating the safe environment. So is your house accessible for your teller to be more independent or are they going to have to figure out and always ask you for what they need? Because if as long as it's something that can be done safely, there are ways to help your toddler access their environment where they can get more things. And often we might see preschool classes set up this way where the kids can access their cubby and they can access the learning materials independently. And, you know, maybe the teachers have thought of how the preschooler can be independent, but we can kind of incorporate some of these things into our home and your child does not have to be a preschooler. They could be a two-year-old, a three-year-old, right? They don't have to be in preschool to utilize some of these independent skills. And that is really important if you feel like that will help. Maybe you've heard of like the toddler tower where you're Toddler can stand up, help you prepare meals or participate in activities on the counter. Maybe they can access their toys in a way that they can get it without it being too crazy. Now, this all depends on your child because for some children, having access to toy bins is not going to work. But for other children, it will. So it really comes down to what's going to work for your toddler and you as the parent, know your toddler best. But if you're having kind of a yes, no response when you your toddler asks for something and they're trying to get independence, these could be really helpful solutions. Offering choices, encouraging self-help, and modifying the environment for safe and accessibility for your toddler. All right, so The other thing our toddler might be going through when they have a meltdown, especially if they asked us for something and then all of a sudden baffling, they're upset about it. And that is that maybe they pictured it to be a certain way. They had something in mind and let's say we handed them a cup. I know I've used this example a lot, but it's a simple one. Let's say you handed them a cup and you did it in a certain way and it's a certain cup. It was not their expectation of what they thought was going to happen. And this really upsets them. What can we do about that? Well, one thing we can do and not when they're upset. So that's when, again, if your toddler is in a tantrum or meltdown, then we are going to take demands off and it's not a teaching moment. We teach when we're calm. So if you're toddler needs help with some of these self-regulation skills, I highly recommend highlighting a few. The first one is teaching flexibility. So you might have to model this for your toddler when they're calm and use these phrases throughout the day. So sometimes we can't have exactly what we want, right? And that's all right. Let's see what else we can do to have fun. So teaching that flexibility is really important. Also encouraging problem-solving skills. What do you think we can do now? Okay, this wasn't working or this is broken. What can we do now? So 
when we teach that, if there's a toy that broke, they're super upset, what else can we do instead? So that is a key skill, problem solving. Did we need to get more batteries? Do we need to give the toy a break and try it again later? There's different things that we can think about that can help our toddler cope when they get frustrated with certain things. And that comes to modeling coping strategies. So it's important to show that we have disappointment because we might not think to do that. We might think, yeah, that's something you do with older kids, right? Like four, five, six. But this is a really important skill to introduce early and on the younger side, two and three. Show your toddler how you cope with disappointment. I was hoping for a sunny day so we go to the playground. (sighs) Oh, well, I guess we can find something to do inside instead. Let them help you problem solve. You can bring flexibility, problem solving into all of these strategies. And you can simplify it because if your toddler is two and on the younger side, they might not understand all this language, all these sentences. So it's okay to make it very simple and take a lot of the words out so it doesn't go over our toddler's heads. Then they're, they're also going to learn by your words, but you're in your body language and your tone. So you are modeling not just words, but you're also modeling your body and your tone that you're calm. Because if you get frustrated when you're disappointed, your toddler is also going to learn that too. And so that is where modeling is super important. So in the moment, okay. Sometimes when you're in the situation where your toddler got upset because something wasn't as expected, you can use distractions. This may work. It may be effective. It depends. You can shift their attention to something else and make it fun. Like they were, maybe they didn't like the drink they got, but oh, the, the straw is fun. Okay. Maybe shift their focus away from what Maybe they're disappointed because they wanted a certain snack or a certain drink or a certain whatever. And this is what you serve. This is what there is. In other ways, making it fun and distracting them. Sometimes that doesn't work. And you need to give your toddler a break away from the scene. They're not going to get calm. And when we learn self-regulation skills, they're not just breathing skills. They're also different strategies like leaving the area you're upset in. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but if you've ever been upset before, sometimes just walking into a different room makes a difference. You're like, I need just to get away for a second. This is the same thing with our toddler, except they don't know how to do that. So that is really important. Okay, so our next section we're going to get to is what to do with a preferred parent. Hi, parents. Welcome to the Winter Toddler Meltdown Workshop. If you have not seen the workshop yet, I have it available to you. All you need to do is go to twinmomroadmap.com backslash workshop or check the link in the show notes. We are going to go over the three steps to less meltdowns this winter and you'll get my happy winter toddler routine plus some fun and creative indoor play ideas that will last all winter. It is hard in the winter to not solely just rely on screens. I totally get it. I have two toddlers myself. But it is really great to have some other tools in our toolbox besides screen time. So if you're interested in getting your kids off screen a little bit more and having a more regulated 
and happy toddler to bring more calm and joy into your home. Check the link for the show notes and watch the winter toddler meltdown workshop. So your toddler is having a meltdown because they want you, mom. There's a few things that might work and realize that, yeah, your toddler might still have a preferred parent and that is okay. But we can still encourage our toddlers to be more accepting of having another parent help out. So sharing fun activities. Don't save all the fun activities just for you and the kids. Make sure your partner is involved with doing fun things with your kids, like having fun, reading books, playing with fun toys, doing their favorite games. That is part of the puzzle there, which also ties into routine. Is your partner helping with bedtime, bath time, meal times? Because if they're hardly ever doing it, and then they do it one time here, one time there, they might have the reaction to ask for you. I don't want a cracker from Dada. I wanted the cracker from mom. And that's where the tantrum can start. So getting a more consistent routine can help. So maybe if, you know, your partner is not available on Monday through Friday, maybe you do a weekend routine. Maybe it's breakfast with Dada or or whatever, you know, so find a way that you can make it into your routine, even if it's not available every day. Look at your schedule and see how you can work that out. I also highly recommend one-on-one time because often if we are the ones that are working part-time or staying at home, we might have a lot of one-on-one time with our toddlers where our partner does not. That is another reason why they might get upset if they're not getting their preferred parent because they actually haven't spent that much one-on-one time. So something I started doing recently is on weekends, I go take a shower during the morning. So my husband will watch the boys and I will be gone for like, you know, 15, 30 minutes and go shower. And that is their one-on-one time right away in the morning. So we do that every weekend as we make that consistent. And first they might protest like, no, I want mom. But then once I'm gone, they're totally fine. And of course, as soon as they see me, they're like, mom. So, (laughs) but building in those little routines are important. And, you know, I think I think here's like a framework I kind of thought of like it's it's kind of an interesting perspective, but imagine you were going to a work party and you had a preferred coworker or friend and you you were like, okay, thank goodness they're coming because I didn't really know if I wanted to go to this thing or not. And let's say they let you know ahead of time, hey, I'm not really feeling good, just giving you a heads up. You're like, okay, but you kind of know what to expect. But what if your friend instead last second texts you, I can't make it. And you've already committed. You've already told like 10 coworkers you're going to be there. It's a little frustrating and disappointing. And that might be a little bit of what our toddler is going through because they just pictured you being the one to do bath time or whatever it is. And so letting our toddlers know ahead of time the schedule, giving a heads up about it. 
and even better, making it a routine, but our toddlers will still need reminders. All right. If your toddler is feeling difficult, I have a few quotes from three different studies and journals to read. And then we'll get to the very last part, which is the most asked part from you guys, which is what do you do if your toddler wants something they can't have? Okay, so if you're feeling like your toddler is just so difficult, here are three quotes here. And more, not all exactly quotes, but just insights, insights from these studies. So testing limits, parent-child interaction and anatomy and early childhood. Okay, so this was a study that was done. In the study that observed that parent-child interactions and, and it suggested that toddlers negatively, their negative reaction and their resistance are not purely oppositional, meaning they weren't trying to just be defiant, right? But rather attempts at understanding boundaries and exert control over their environment. So that is exactly what we were talking about before. Our toddlers test boundaries. They want to know what to expect. And they also like to have independence. Here is another one. Beyond temper tantrums, understanding and responding to children's emotional meltdowns. Okay, this was a book by Dr. Green. And it said in the book, it discussed stormy periods around the age of two. Characterized by emotional outbursts and frustration. Green suggests that these behaviors are not manipulative, but rather attempts for a toddler to communicate their needs and navigate their complex emotions. So again, this goes back to all behavior is communication, even if it is difficult behavior and tough behavior, like hitting, crying, rowing, flopping on the ground. It is some form of communication. And the last one I'm going to read is early emotional development and self-regulation relations to later behavior problems. Okay, a study by the NICHD early child development. And in the study, they examined the connections between early emotional development, self-regulation, and later behavior problems. So what they found was that toddlers who struggle to regulate their emotions and communicate their needs are more likely to exhibit challenging behaviors. So, and this is what I have found with working with parents. The parents that have children that have the most challenging behaviors often have difficulty with communication and their emotions are not being regulated and they have got stuck. In a cycle, let's say screaming, a toddler that just screams for everything that they need and want, and they don't have other replacement behavior or communication. So if that is something that you are going through, let me know because that is my expertise in helping parents with that, navigating those situations and how to find out what the replacement behavior or communication is. Because it's really important we target the behavior and the communications that the that is the most helpful because sometimes your toddler just learning all these speech and words is great, but sometimes it's really important we just really stick to certain phrases to help your toddler because it's a code red. Your toddler is just really struggling. 
All right. The last section, I'm talking about toddlers wanting something they can't have. So if they want something they can't have, it is important to acknowledge their feelings, okay? We have heard a lot more about this, the rise of understanding, validating feelings. I, I, I see that you wanted it. This, that It's hard. This is hard. I know you wanted it, right? We can offer explanations that are suitable for their age. And this goes back to where I talk about like the whole social media, where sometimes we get these examples and they don't really work for our toddlers. So we really need to be mindful. And I've had to use these too. Sometimes at the playground, there is play equipment or parts of the playground that is just not appropriate for my toddlers. And I have to tell them and say, this is for older kids. We, we, we'll, we'll do that later, but right now this is for us. You know, uh, we'll find one that works for you now. And, and that's a very abstract thing. Like when you're older, right? A lot of our toddlers don't really understand that, but they, that is still a boundary nonetheless. And so it's really important to set clear boundaries, stick with your boundaries. And there's many other different examples where you're going to need to stick to boundaries and your toddler might be testing. They want something they can't have, but it's important to stick with it and not give in if it's something you decided that's not appropriate for your toddler. Because if you do, they're going to test more boundaries, have more meltdowns. So that's why it's important to be consistent, clear, and concise with our toddlers especially with our boundaries. The other thing that's important is encouraging emotional expression. So just because you said no doesn't mean that your toddler can't be upset. So definitely teaching emotional identification early, like happy, sad, mad, right? All those basic ones, and then you can build them from there. There was the other day, one of my toddlers was really sad and mad because he wanted a toy and he couldn't have it, but it wasn't his turn. And so he was very upset and he said, sad, 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 sad. But he did that instead of screaming, throwing, flopping to the floor and actually did not have a meltdown. But let me know, very, very sad. And this is exactly what I'm talking about is encouraging emotional expression. The boundary is set, but it's okay that they don't like it. But we can teach ways to move on. And that goes on to what I said earlier about the flexible thinking, the problem-solving skills, and figuring out how to work that into fun play when you're not in these serious, intense situations that your toddler is upset. Figure out how to, sometimes you have to set up these situations and other times they can just occur naturally. Teaching problem-solving skills is a really important thing, and you can teach it to a two-year-old if you simplify it. And another important thing is teaching delayed gratification. These days, especially with technology and social media, kids are struggling with this one and even adults. So using any opportunities possible that delays immediate gratification, right? Because that, that can be really, really tough. Okay, we can't have this right now, but we're going to have it later. That is a hard thing. And it might be something you want to practice with that isn't going to set your toddler off right away. So I think if we are teaching these things, we do need to think about 
how we can teach it for our child because certain things might just send our toddler over and have a meltdown and others might not. So definitely be intentional if you are going to use some of these strategies as teaching, like delayed gratification, not getting what you want right away, right? And also think of when you're doing it. Maybe the time to teach that is not at the restaurant because yeah, you want, you guys all want to sit and enjoy your meal, right? So just kind of figure out when the appropriate time is for that, teaching those things and not use them on game day when you want your toddler to have it. Practice it before then. Okay, so providing choices within limits also will help your toddler and be acceptable to you. So you can be within your boundaries if you set simple and select clear choices. So that also can really be helpful too. On top of modeling coping skills, so we talked about self-regulation, how to manage your feelings is not just taking deep breaths. It's also talking about it and finding another thing, a positive distraction. So that is flexible thinking, problem solving. Okay, reinforce the positive behavior you see. Okay, so if you notice your toddler is doing one of these things independently, like they were able to move on when, like if they wanted a toy, but their sibling took it or they're at the library or daycare or preschool. And well, you might not be there at daycare, but if you are in a situation where you see, you know, your toddler was okay with something that could have upset them another time, call it out, celebrate that win. That is the biggest way to teach without doing much. All you have to do is recognize the behavior you want to see in your toddler because what you water grows. So if your toddler did handle disappointment, not getting a toy, not being able to go to the park and doing something else, let them know. And I just want to say like, if you say good job a lot, that's totally fine. You know, because I feel like in the parenting realm, there's the expectation is so high. There's nothing wrong with saying good job. If you want to add a little bit more to it, try some stress-based praise. What is stress-based praise? It comes from growth mindset. And they've done studies with children, older children, on this. And there was a huge benefit. So instead of giving praise for doing something correctly, like an A-plus on a homework assignment or doing or figuring out a toy the exact right way or doing something perfectly, instead of giving praise for the end result, give a praise for the process. And if something is hard and it's a hard process, that is stress-based praise. So, wow, that was so hard, but you did it, right? So you're instilling a growth mindset, resilience, and flexible thinking when you give that type of praise. So anytime you catch your toddler just naturally doing something that you said, well, they could have had a meltdown, give them some praise. And you will be surprised the more that you do that, the more they're going to hear it. And when you replace that with the stop doing this, no, this isn't right. Don't do that. When you replace that with the other, and that becomes equal to as or more, you're going to notice a huge turnaround in your toddler's behavior. So that is all I have for today covering what to do if your toddler gets upset when they ask for something and they don't want it or they get stuck in a yes-no feedback loop or 
they're upset because they want something they can't have and what to do if you are the preferred adult and they can't have access to you and they don't, they're upset about being with somebody else. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.